So Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now, God, for the reading of your word this morning. Again, we thank you for everyone that's here. We thank you for a brand new month, Lord God, as we continue on with this year. And we pray right now that you would bless the reading of your word, anoint it, give it life. I pray for myself that you will help me, Father, to uh, communicate effectively here this morning, Lord. I thank you for every person that's here at church physically. We thank you for all of those that are joining us online. And we even look forward, Lord God, to those that will listen to this message in the future, that your anointing would carry on, Lord Jesus, and bless and encourage them also. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Very good. Okay, Matthew chapter 8, starting at verse 23, the Bible says this. Then he, speaking of Jesus, got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. When he arrived at the other side in the region of the gatherings, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He said to them, go. So they came out and went into the pigs. And the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off, went into the town, and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed man, men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. So this is an, an interesting section of Scripture here. Uh, it can be divided really into two sections. The story of a violent storm at sea and the story of two violent, demon-possessed men. In the first story, it talks about a very violent storm that occurred when the disciples were with Jesus on a boat on the Sea of Galilee. The Bible speaks a lot about the people of God in storms. Those of you that are believers, how many of you have ever been in any kind of a storm in your life? Can you raise your hand? I just want to, I want to see, uh, I want to see if anybody lives in the real world like me, okay? Some of you are not raising your hands. God bless you. I hope your life remains peaceful, okay? But if you're a normal human being living on this earth, you've been through some stuff, okay? And it seems like the older we get, the more stuff we get through, we have to go through, especially when our bodies start breaking down. So... You know, uh, the people of God have always had to go through storms. For example, a while back we talked about the Apostle Paul being in a storm at sea while he was a prisoner on his way to Rome. And Paul was a man of God. He was anointed of God. He was chosen of God. He was empowered by God. He was loved by God. He was dedicated to the service of God. And Paul, on his way to Rome, was on a, in, a, in a very serious storm that almost literally took his life. The Bible also talks about Jonah. 
Jonah, he was caught in a very serious storm that almost took his life. He was a prophet of God. He was a mighty man of God. He was chosen of God. And yet he was also in a storm. So if you are a believer and you find yourself in a storm, don't worry. Don't panic. You're normal. You're, you're not uh, being cursed by God. It's just part of life. And it's just part of our responsibility to trust God in that storm. Can you say amen? Okay. So... I think that we would all agree, though, that storms are awful. Storms feel terrible, especially when they are very violent. Listen to what it says here in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 27. It says, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. See, this is what an example of what it feels like when you are in a storm. It mentions here calamity and calamity overtaking you. It talks here about disaster and disaster sweeping over you. It talks here about a whirlwind and a whirlwind knocking you back and forth, not knowing where you're going. It says here, it talks about distress and trouble. If you find yourself in this kind of situation, I hate to break the news to you, but you are in a storm. Proverbs, I'm sorry, Psalm chapter 107 verses 26 and 27 talks about a ship out in the open sea that is in a storm. If any of you have ever seen any movies where uh, ships are in these and they're having to deal with these big giant waves that go up and they go down. And some of these ships, they try to make it over that wave and they try to make it over that wave. And sometimes that wave is so big that guess what? It causes the ship to totally flip over. And it talks about that here in Psalm 107. It says, their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again to the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wits end. In the Good News translation, it says, all their skill was useless. They were at the mercy of the storm. So being in a storm is horrible. But what is so good about the Bible is that it also talks about what we need to do when we are in a violent storm. We are to find our shelter in God. We are to run and hide in God. Did you hear what I just said, church? That's the first thing you should do when you find yourself in trouble, when you find yourself stressing out, when you find yourself not knowing what to do. The first thing you need to do is you need to hit your knees and you need to start crying out to the Lord, hiding in God. Can you say amen? Sometimes it takes a storm to bring us back to God, but that's okay. It's better, I always say this, it's better for you to go through a little bit of hell right now while you are alive and still breathing than for you to have it good and end up spending eternity in hellfire. So if it takes a little bit of a hell or a little bit of a storm to get you back on track, then I say amen. You may not like that, but I say amen. I may not like that in my life, but sometimes I... I even need a good kick in my fanny. And Julie will say, amen, Pastor Jerry. You sure do. We all need to be straightened out once in a while. All of us. Now listen to what Psalm chapter 107 verse 28 through 30 tells us about how to respond to a storm. Because we're all going to go through them. Then 
they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Let me read that again. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Some of you are not getting this. It says here, when they were in the storm, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. How should we respond when we get into a storm? We need to cry out to God. I mean, with no hesitation, with no feeling of insecurity. I mean, you need to cry out to the Lord immediately. Psalm chapter 55, verse 8 says this. I would hurry to my place of shelter. I mean, man, you feel that stress right away when you get up in the morning. You better hit that floor on your knees in a hurry. You hurry to the Lord. You rush to God. Don't hesitate. Don't even think about it. You rush and you get in a hurry. Far from the tempest and the storm. Isaiah 4, 6 It will be a shelter and shade from the heat of the day and a refuge and hiding place from the storm and rain. Isaiah 33, verse 2, New Living Translation. But Lord, be merciful to us, for we have waited for you. Be our strong arm each day and our salvation in times of trouble. Isaiah 33, verse 6, He will be the sure foundation for your times. And the word times there means about, it's talking about everything. Sometimes we have good times. Sometimes we have bad times. Sometimes we have sad times. Sometimes we have happy times. Sometimes we have sick times. Sometimes we're healthy times. It doesn't matter what time. Every single time you should go to God. Can you say amen? It says here, he will be a sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Second Samuel 22, 3. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge and my savior from violent people. You save me. I don't know about you, but I sure am glad that Jesus is in my corner, that Jesus is in my life. And I pray that you're happy about that too for yourself. Psalm 37 verse 39. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in time of trouble. Psalm 62, verse 1 and 2. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. No matter what you're going through, good or bad, keep your eyes on Jesus. He will keep you steady in that situation. And when you get really desperate and you can't think of any scriptures, just start to sing. Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2. I've said this before. Singing scripture is probably the best thing that you can do. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Just start singing whatever song you comes to your mind or to your heart. Just start singing it. You are my hiding place. You always fill my heart with songs of deliverance. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Psalm chapter 32, verse 7. 
But let's get back to our scripture or text for this morning in Matthew 8, 23. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Now here's the thing. Here is what I feel is the reality of life. Right now, we're all in here, we're all excited, and we're all shouting hallelujah and amen, Pastor Jerry, and preach it, and I love those scriptures. But here's the reality of life. Everyone goes through storms, and what happens is that we as people, and I'm inclusive here, even Christian people, we as people, for the most part, are able to deal with the storms that we face with our own strength, with our own abilities, with our own resources. We are able to absorb or face the challenges that that storm brings. We are able to deal with the inconveniences that that storm brings, and we're willing to make the sacrifices and adjustments necessary to deal with whatever the storm is that we're dealing with. And so the average person dealing with the average storm of life doesn't really feel a need to call on God. Because the average person dealing with the average storm of life believes that they will get through the storm on their own. Every day we're able to manage and work through the day and get through the day and overcome whatever obstacles we face on our own. And so when a storm comes, the average person tells themselves, oh, this is just another storm. We have been through this before. This is what the disciples did. Now remember, they, we, we mentioned this again whenever we talk about storms. The disciples were experienced fishermen, and they were used to normal storms at sea. They knew how to handle that kind of stuff. They were experienced. So when they got into the boat with Jesus, at first everything was okay, everything was fine, but then the storm started to brew. And they all said to themselves the same thing that the majority of people say to themselves. Oh, this is just another storm. We have been through this before, and we were able to deal with it. We were able to get out of it and then move on with our lives. It's no big deal. I've been sick before. It's no big deal. I'll get better, and I'll move on. I've been fired or laid off before. It's no big deal. I'll just get another job. I've gotten a DUI before. It's okay. I'll just pay the fine and I'll do my time and I'll take the, take, make the sacrifices and do what I got to do. It's no big deal. I've OD'd before. Yes, I was totally out, but I came back. I woke up and it's okay. It's happened before. I've had financial problems before, but it's okay. It's no big deal. I've dealt with this before. We can handle this, right guys? Let's leave Jesus out of this one. We don't need God to help us out here. We got it handled. We got life handled. We got this crisis is handled. We don't have to pray today. We don't have to meditate on God's word today. We don't have to go to church today. We don't have to listen to worship music today. We are in a storm, but we don't need Jesus today because we can handle it. Let's see what's on my playlist. Yeah, Justin Bieber with peaches. Let's listen to that. What's on my playlist? That's Masked Wolf, an astronaut in the ocean. Oh, let's listen to Dua Lipa. We good. Oh, let's listen to the rest of my playlist with Bruno Mars. Leave the door open and I'm going to add a baby. Okay, so let's go ahead and just handle life. I'm in a storm, but I can handle it. I got my playlist. I got these 
people that I listen to, and everything is cool. But look at what the very next verse tells us. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 and 24, listen to the next word. It says this, verse 23. Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, suddenly. Verse 24 begins with the word suddenly. Now, I hate to tell you this, but when disaster comes, it comes suddenly. It blindsides you. It sucker punches you. Maybe you're not into Bruno Mars or Dua Lipa. Maybe you're into the oldies. Maybe you're into rock. Maybe you're into the rancheras with the accordion and the big tuba. Or maybe you're into the cowboy music and Nashville and country. Who knows what you're into? But man, when suddenly comes in your life, it's going to mess you up. Remember what it said in Proverbs 127. It says, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. See, when calamity comes, it comes suddenly. When disaster sweeps over you, it happens suddenly. When the whirlwind knocks you out and knocks you over, it happens suddenly. When distress comes, it happens suddenly. When trouble comes, it comes suddenly. When you find yourself overwhelmed, overwhelmed it happens suddenly let me read our text again this time a little further in matthew chapter 8 verses 32 23 and 24 again then he got into the boat and the disciples followed him suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so verse 24 begins with the word suddenly then the next words it says a furious storm came not a regular storm that kind that you can handle on a regular basis now this is a furious storm you see god wants us to understand something very important all of us will go through storms and most of the time we will be able to manage those storms on our own in our own strength with our own resources with our own experience and knowledge and abilities and skills, but he's letting us know something here. Don't deceive yourselves. Don't be deceived into thinking that you don't need God in your life. No matter how good things may be going for you right now, don't be deceived into thinking that you don't need God every day in your life we have our playlist we have our confident a confidence in ourselves we have our uh, own way of handling the situation we lean on our own understanding it has always worked our own understanding has always gotten us out of a jam it has always gotten us out of, of dangerous situations but then there comes a time when you and i have to deal with a furious storm, a violent storm, a storm that makes us believe that we're going to die, a storm that makes us believe that we have no hope, a storm that makes us believe that there is no future, a storm that paralyzes us with fear and panic that grips our heart, makes us feel that there is no way out, that there is no way of escape, that life and all of its pressures and crisis and problems and circumstances and events are just overwhelming us. The bills are just too overwhelming now. The disease is 
is out of control. This marriage is just too deteriorated. My grades in school are just too messed up, and I am so far behind. My son or daughter is just totally out of control, and they are in danger, and they are suicidal, and I don't know what to do. You find yourself in prison or in jail, in the hospital, in the ICU, and the sheriff is knocking at their front door and evicting you out of your house, or the social services are coming to your home to take away your kids. You are in a violent and furious storm, and God is letting us know that we need him. We need his help. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. Thank God if that's what it takes to get you back to the Lord and to get you back focused on the Lord, then it's okay. And it's about this time that Pastor Jerry will get a call from you because you are now in a panic. Now, unfortunately for you, Pastor Jerry can't really do anything for you. But that's in your panic. You just call Pastor Jerry. Now, I haven't seen you in church in months. But now you're in a storm, a storm that you cannot handle, a storm that is overwhelming you. And so you call Pastor Jerry. You may even attend another church, but that church is so big and so fancy that you can't get a hold of the pastor, and so you call Pastor Jerry. Now again, it is good that you're reaching out for help, and it's good that you're reaching out for prayer, and maybe you need it to be reminded about how important God is, and we pray, and then uh, Pastor Jerry sees you coming back to church because you want to get your life back together again, and, and, this, and this crisis is overwhelming you, and, and you get the help, and you get the prayer, and the brothers and sisters, they love on you, and they encourage you, and then you're all okay, but what really, really irritates me, and you got to pray for Pastor Jerry is that when everything gets okay again, we don't see you anymore. Or you go back to that big church where they didn't even care about you, but you go back to it anyway. Please pray for Pastor Jerry because he struggles with some of this stuff. How many of you understand what I'm talking about here this morning? I'm just talking about real life. This is just the way it is. Realistically speaking, realistically speaking, we need to be in prayer before the storm. I always say this. I always try to encourage you in this. I always try to teach you in this. I always try to warn you with this. You need to be in prayer before the storm even hits. If you are wise, if you are smart, pray before the storm hits. Spend time in the Word of God before the storm hits. Go to church on a regular basis before the storm hits. Seek God before the storm hits. Make sure you're in the boat with Jesus before the storm hits. Don't find yourself out of the boat without Jesus out in the storm drowning. Now, even if you are out of the boat, and even if you are without Jesus, and even if you are drowning, praise God that you still have breath to cry out to Jesus, and he can pick you up. Praise God for that. 
And I would say you're a fool if you are out there and you're drowning and you're without Jesus, you are without a boat, and you still don't cry out to God, and you still want to be stubborn, then I'll say to you straight up, you're a fool. And that's just the way it is. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Listen, if things are going smooth in your life, if things are going well in your life, if things are balanced out in your life, man, you need to make sure that in the morning you seek the face of God. At night before you go to bed, make sure that you spend some time with the Lord, even when things are good. Don't wait for the storm to hit. God is still there, but man, it's so hard on you when you put yourself in that situation. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. How many of you think that that's so precious, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. you got to meditate on the Lord every day, church, every day, so that the peace of God can be there always. Because you're going to get you're going to get tossed around, you're going to get beat up, you're going to get knocked around. Things are going to happen. You're going to be blindsided. You're going to be backstabbed. You're going to be uh, a sucker punched, and you got to be able to recover from that stuff. It's going to happen. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 through 9. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. Every day, church, I'm I'm encouraging you as best as I can. Every single day, humble yourself before God and give Him thanks. God, thank you that I woke up. God, thank you that I have clothes to wear. God, thank you that I have a bed to sleep on. God, thank you that I have a job to go to. God, thank you that I have legs to walk on and eyes to see. You just need to Humble yourself and thank him for where you're at and what you have and what's going on in your life. Appreciate it. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. Don't forget God. Don't neglect God. Don't push God away. Don't be deceived into thinking that God is not important. He is critically important. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Listen, listen. If you're on your face daily before the Lord, seeking him, humbling yourself, the devil will stay away from you. He will stay away from you. Listen to this. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. You think you're so so special that whatever you're going through is just unique to you? No, no, no. Many people have gone through whatever you're going through. Whatever you're experiencing, many people before you and after you are experiencing the same things, and you have to make a decision. Am I going to humble myself and trust God in this, or am I going to try to handle this on my own? 
Psalm chapter 55, verses 16 through 18. As for me, I call to God, and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. He rescues me, unharmed from the battle waged against me, even though many oppose me. Now, the good thing about the disciples is that they were in a violent and furious storm, but they were in a boat. They were in a violent and serious storm, furious storm, but church, they were in the boat with Jesus. As long as you are in the boat, you will be okay. As long as you are in the boat with Jesus, you're going to be okay in the storm. He's going to take care of you. Do you believe that, church? He'll take care of us. But you got to be in the boat and you got to be with Jesus. And if you're out there floating, then get yourself in the boat. But even though they are in the boat with Jesus, they're still overwhelmed with terror. Even though we are Christians and saved and on our way to heaven, when we find ourselves in a violent and furious storm, things get very scary. I'll be the first one to admit, man, there's certain things that happen in life that scare the heck out of me. They just scare me. They terrify me. Even though I, I, I walk with the Lord and I'm praying and I'm seeking him and I preach and I do all these things, there's still certain things that happen that just absolutely cause terror in my life. I don't know about you, but it just, it just does. It just happens. And that's when I'm really glad that I have Jesus in my corner. Praise God for that. I still don't see the way out, but I have Jesus to focus on. Just like you have Jesus to focus on. Can you imagine being in a violent and furious storm and not being in a boat and not having Jesus? All of, a, all of a sudden, your playlist doesn't make any sense. Justin Bieber is singing that the peaches are now rotten. Uh, the masked wolf is singing that the astronaut has drowned in the ocean. Dua Lupa is now singing, we are not good anymore, baby. And Bruno Mars says, this door has shut in your face. Get out of my life. These people are not going to cut it. They are not going to cut it when you're in trouble. They're not going to help you when you're in trouble. Your cowboy music is not going to help you when you're in trouble. Your rancheras are not going to help you when you're in trouble. The only one that's going to help you is Jesus. He's the only one that's going to help you. Smoking your California weed that Justin Bieber thinks about, it's not going to help you. It's going to depress you even more. It's going to kill you. That's exactly what happened to all the people in the days of Noah. When the flood came, they were locked out of the boat, they were without God, and they drowned. I hate to say this, but they are all in hellfire right now as I'm speaking. All those people. They had a chance to get things right. They had a chance to get into the boat. They had a chance to have God in their lives. But they believed that they could handle things on their own and without God. And sadly, they drowned and are now in hellfire. How do I know these things? Because, uh, and how do I know that Noah was lost? Because listen to what it says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. It says this. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits. To those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah 
while the ark was being built, in it only a few people, eight and all, were saved through water. From what we can tell, it took Noah 120 years to build that ark. And all the time he was preaching, the storm is coming. The storm is coming. The storm is coming. Get ready. Get right. Warning the people. That's at least three generations of people that were hearing the warning from God. Matthew chapter 24, again, makes reference to Noah. And it says this in verse 37 through 39. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of of man. Listen, there may be those of you that are listening to me right now and up to now you have been able to handle your life and all of its problems and the storms on your own. You really don't see any need for God in your life. You don't take this God stuff or this church stuff or this Bible stuff too seriously. You do have some respect for it, but it's not for you because so far you've been able to handle your life using your own strength, using your own resources, using your own knowledge, using your own experience, using your own skills and your own abilities. You're enjoying your life. You're eating. You're drinking. You're working. You're exercising. If you're married, you're married. If you're dating, you're dating. You have your routine, but it does not include God. You have been able to keep yourself afloat and without a boat and without Jesus, but I'm here to let you know that you are in danger. Are you listening to me? I'm here to let you know that you are in serious danger. You are being deceived into thinking that life is okay without God, and that is a lie from the pit of hell. You need the Lord in your life. Don't wait until it's too late. Don't wait for things to start falling apart and getting all crazy and wild and and out of control. You can have peace with God right now. Jesus is giving you a chance to climb aboard his boat. You and I are still going to go through storms even though we're in the boat. But we're going to go through those storms with Jesus. And that's what's going to make the difference. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we're living in a world that is pushing you away, Father. It's pushing you away more and more. And that's why we need to pray for our country. We have laws and all kinds of culture that is just completely rebellious against you lord but right now father as you said you didn't come to condemn you came to save and i pray right now god that you will bring a conviction on our hearts first of all for those of us who are christians if we've been neglecting you in any way shape or form handling life on our own and our own strength getting up in the morning going about our business doing our thing having a good day completing the day coming home but we're not praying we're not seeking you we're not giving any time to you lord help us to repent of that attitude help us lord god not to take you for granted help us not to fall into that 
deception of thinking that we don't need you. And Father, most of all, if there's anyone listening to me right now that is not a Christian, they have never received you as Lord and Savior. They're on their way to hell and maybe don't even realize it. Father, we need for you to speak to their hearts right now. You don't want them to go to hell. We don't want to see them go to hell. And there's only one way to escape hell, and that is through you, Jesus. We've got to get in the boat, and we've got to have you in our lives. And I pray that you will do that, Father, for those that are listening right now. Perhaps you're listening and you are in a crisis. You are in trouble. You are overwhelmed. You are in distress. You are in calamity. You are facing disaster. You are terrorized by some situation that you're experiencing in your life that is out of your control. Well, I want you to know there is hope. I'm encouraging you. Cry out to God right now. Cry out to the Lord, even in your rebellion, even in your sin, even in your disobedience, even in the mess that you're in, that you got yourself in, that you yourself are responsible for. It doesn't matter. God is there for you right now. He loves you and he cares about you and he wants to save you. And I'm encouraging you. I'm pleading with you. The storm is a terrible thing, but it's bringing you to God and that's okay. Take advantage of this time and this opportunity. Cry out to the Lord. Speak the name of Jesus. Humble yourself and say, God, Lord Jesus, I'm so sorry for the way I've been living my life, but I need your help. And I want you to know God will help you. He will rescue you. He did it for me, and he did it for those that are here in church, and he's done it for so many millions of people. He'll do it for you. His desire is for you. But you have to cry out to him. So if you're ready to make that decision right now, I want you to repeat these words with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I humble myself before you. I understand that I am a sinner. I'm in trouble. And I need you in my life. And so this morning, I humble myself. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again on the third day and that you're coming back again. And I want to go with you to heaven. Save me. Forgive me. Heal me. Be my Lord and be my God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give glory to the Lord here this morning. Amen. Let's believe by faith that those who are in trouble responded to God's declaration for help in their lives.